what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the junkyard i am your host junkyard james and we are just mere days to the hour away from the beginning of aew all in london live at noon starting at noon is the uh the zero hour Live in London, noon on Sunday. The main card starts at 1 p.m. our time here, Eastern Time. It's going to be a big show, I think. They're dubbing it the biggest show in wrestling history, and it may just be that. Today, I want to just kind of go through my thoughts leading up to the show, the build-up to the show, and then we'll go through the card here uh, match by match and kind of discuss my thought process, maybe not win or loser, but my thought process going on with the match going on here. Like I said, this is the junkyard. We're live on the junkyard media group, Facebook and YouTube page. Welcome to the junkyard. Before we get going into uh, in too deep here with uh, the content on today's show, I just want to just lay it out. Put some comments in the chat. You may be shown on the show, and, and I'll answer questions or comments that are on each other's minds going into to All In. What are your thoughts on All In, et cetera, et cetera. I also want to make a, a quick shout-out to the show going on tonight at 9 p.m. here on the Junkyard Media Group's Facebook and YouTube page as well. We're going live. It is the Calling Audibles podcast. We're talking preseason. Is it worth it? Is it not? Here's a quick shout out to the Calling Audibles podcast. Like I said, tune in tonight, 9 p.m. live, same channel, same Facebook page that you are watching this on. Let's get going. Let's talk about some wrestling. Let's talk about All In. Like I said, they're dubbing this the biggest wrestling event in history. It is the first time AEW has crossed the Atlantic and gone into Europe. They're in London, England at Wembley Stadium, and it is a big card. Uh, both uh, metaphorically and literally. Let's pull up the card here. I'm going to go small here. We're going to pull up the card. 11 matches, including the pre-show. Let's break them down one by one. 
on the pre-show or zero hour, I think is what they're calling it. Aussie mm-hmm. Open defends the ROH Tag Team Champions against MJF and Adam Cole. And what a run MJF and Adam Cole are, are having, both as a tag team and leading to eventually the main event of the show tonight, or not tonight, uh, Sunday night. I think in this zero-hour match, we're going to get some build-up to a potential turn in the main event. My heart wants MJF and Adam Cole to win. I just don't see how they do it. I I don't see how AEW long-term can book them to win an ROH title, which would essentially force them on every single show that AEW produces and here's one thing i want the roh competitors to stay off of aew television and and vice versa i'm cool with these one-offs on pay-per-views i'm not a big fan of people that are supposed to be on roh showing up in aew and people that are supposed to be in aew showing up in roh and, and it's vice versa you see wwe doing it as well with people that are main roster superstars you know rhea ripley the judgment day dom possibly uh, becky lynch at this point going down into nxt i guess for a quick ratings bump possibly um, I just don't like people that are established on one brand or one show showing up and, and having storyline connections on a show that they're not super established in just to pull them out in a couple weeks. And so that's, that's my thing there. I think Aussie Open wins. It builds the feud for the main event. There's a little bit of contention between the two, and we'll see what goes on. Also on the Zero Hour pre-show, we have the FTW Championship match. Jack Perry versus Hook. Jack Perry says he's going to retire the FTW championship. I think Taz may get involved. I don't think he's going to do commentary for Zero Hour. I think Taz may get involved in this match at some in some shape or form. I think maybe Perry will retain the title. But I think Taz will have some interference. I don't know if he'll be in the ring with Perry and Hook, but he's going to have some play. And the way that they've built this story, Taz has played an integral part with his reactions. So I think he'll get involved in some way, shape, or form. In the buy-in match there, Jack Perry versus Hook, my thought process is that Hook actually will take the belt from Perry. Um, and But we'll see. We'll see there. We get to the main card, and I don't know if this is the order or this is the announced order or or what this is uh, that the site that I have, uh, Wikipedia, has it pulled up. But I'm just going to go down the order here. And uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. This might be match of the night. This might give Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay um, a a contender for match of the year. Anytime the Bucks and FTR get in the ring together, they put on classic, classic matches. FTR is probably the best tag team in the world, taking that reign from the Bucks. We'll have to see how this match goes on. Um, 
I like to think that this builds into next or next week at All Out with a man that we see later on in the show being CM Punk. Like I, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, this is the perfect way to start a feud where you have the elite fight FTR and CM Punk and use what you may believe to be legitimate heat as storyline going forward. I like FTR retaining. I don't think the Young Bucks need the title at this point. And again, I think long-term storytelling tells me this may be just a match that they're going to have a really good banger of a match that leads with some form of CM Punk interference. And, um, but we'll have to see. I'm going to give FTR the win. Next match on this card. Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm versus Soraya versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Uh, and a four-way match for the AEW Women's Championship. And I don't know if you can just look at this card and see this with the naked eye. I can. This is the only women's match on the entire goddamn show. And it's so frustrating Because where's Willow? Where's Sky Blue? Where's Ruby Soho? Where are the other women? And this is my complaint when this whole thing was starting to build this four-way. Is now we have the same four women. Who take all the time. Pay-per-view after pay-per-view. Pay-per-view after pay-per-view. And they are the only four women on the card. This is a little bit frustrating for me. And and I hope maybe this is being recorded live on a Thursday. So maybe Friday on Rampage or Saturday during Collision, they'll announce another women's match. I'm not holding my breath. It's so damn infuriating because we have a locker room of women that, quite frankly, could fill this card with better matches than what we're going to get. You're not telling me Sky Blue and Anna Jay and uh, Willow Nightingale, Ruby Soho, uh, Pos- you know, Thunder Rosa, if she's healthy, uh, Allie, Penelope Ford, the list goes on and on and on and on. Chris Statlander, she's not defending her TBS title. Where is the TBS title? You're not telling me that um, they can't have a match on what you're dubbing the biggest pay-per-view, the biggest show in wrestling history. There's one women's match on the show. And now the people in the casual fan base or whatnot, they may say, well, that's just, that's just because women's wrestling doesn't sell as much as the men." The reason it doesn't sell, and then this might be a hot take, but the reason women's wrestling maybe historically hasn't sold is because of shit like this where they're not even put on the card. How can they sell if you only have one match? And it's the same four women that may, you know are in the world title picture from the last pay-per-view. 
and the pay-per-view after that, and the pay-per-view after that. I want to see some fresh blood in the women's division. I don't want to see – I love Britt Baker. I, I think she actually could win this so that and when uh, Hater returns at the beginning of next year, we can finally have the heel turn we've all been waiting for, Jamie Hater versus Britt Baker. They can then feud. I'd be okay with that as a temporary – placeholder to get fresh blood in. I don't want to see Tony Storm hold the belt again. I don't want to see Hikaru Shida as much as I like Hikaru Shida hold the belt. I don't think Soraya is proven herself in the ring to be a championship contender. There's no one here that I really think, hmm, they'll really build the ratings for the women's division outside of Britt Baker, who's done it before the women's division when Britt Baker was champion. The ratings were pretty good. She had good feuds with people. So I think Britt Baker wins. That's my hope. But it's just so damn infuriating. We get one women's match on this entire card. The main card has nine matches on it, and we find time for one match for the women's division when we have a locker room of talent, talented women. Anna, Like I just named them, Anna Jay. Uh, Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale, uh, as much as I'm not a super fan of her, but Mercedes Martinez. Uh, we're going to put ROH people in here. Where's Athena? Where's, um, you know, uh, Layla Hirsch returned? Why can't she be on a, on the pre-show and, and expose her to the people that don't watch ROH? Um, It's just infuriating. We have a locker room of women. The women's division gets booked like shit. And it's just so infuriating. And Tony Khan, listen to me. I'm going to stare right into this goddamn camera right now. (sighs) Tony Khan. Listen to me. You need to do better. This is your one downfall. I support you on a lot of things, Tony. I support you on a lot of things. You need to book this goddamn women's division better. People complain that they don't book, that that they don't sell, they don't get good enough ratings, but they don't get the opportunity to sell the ratings. So Tony Khan, you need to do a better fucking job. Book the women's division the way that it should be because we have the best women's division in the entire industry. You just don't book them well enough. So Tony Khan, book the women's division better, please. <laughs> the next match is a match I think we could cancel out. And I love Darby Allen. I love Sting. I love Swerve. And now all of a sudden we're putting Christian Cage in this match for, I think, one reason and one reason alone. And we'll get to that here in a second. But do we need this match? Even when AR Fox was the person on Swerve's team in the coffin match. Was this match necessary? Does this build anything? Swerve Strickland can gain no momentum from this. He he, They keep pulling tag teams apart with Swerve Strickland in it. It started with Swerve in Your Glory. Great tag team. I don't know why they had to break them up. They had a lot of momentum going. They could have re, uh, had a rematch clause with the Acclaimed. But they broke Swerve and Keith Lee up, and they both lost momentum as a result. You try to put Swerve in stable after stable after stable, and they just they 
the best one that happened, AR Fox and Swerve Strickland, they pull it, they pull the rug from under their feet too early, in my opinion. And now we're putting Christian Cage in a match against Darby and Sting. Uh, for, I think there's two reasons. Christian Cage is going to start a feud with um, Nick Wayne. We saw the promo last night where he mentioned Buddy, and he, he's going to do the Jack Perry storyline with Nick Wayne, and it's going to get old. And I understand the, you know, what's going on. Now this could be Christian's thing is he's just going to go after the, the superstars of former, uh, of former wrestlers or former actors who's, and their, their dad dead. And now they're just alone with no father figure. And Christian cage can be that father figure. And when you, when you decline the opportunity, he's going to, you know, try to obliterate you. And, Christian ends up losing like he does with Jungle Boy. I get the idea. The last time Christian Cage was in a coffin match, he took the fall and fell straight through the straight through to hell, it felt like. I think the second reason Christian Cage gets added to this match, and this is something maybe people aren't considering. We're gonna see the debut of Adam Copeland, aka Edge. I think. And wouldn't that be something? Adam Copeland comes in, reunites with his buddy Christian. I don't know. Edge made a video the uh, okay, what last night or this morning saying that he has to think on it. He has a contract extension in his inbox from the WWE, but he just needs to. To me, it just seems like he's playing the kayfabe. I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but. Uh, I just got to sit on it. Uh, the way that I went out in WWE, I, I don't think I could have gone out any better in Toronto, blah, blah, blah. No, there's a way that you go out better, and that's in London, England, and the biggest crowd in history of AEW, the biggest single-day ticket sale show since WrestleMania 30. That's how you go out. You make your debut in AEW. You have a six-month reign until Christian's t- uh, Christian's um, contract with AEW ends. Christian can then leave with uh, with Adam Copeland. They can make Christian can get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame with the tag team Edge and Christian. They they both get WWE Legends deals, and then they can just disappear into the sunset and you know do their Edge and Peep sh- uh, the for the peep show podcast that they used to do on the WWE network. And they don't have to wrestle again because they're both getting up there in age. I think both of them should consider hanging up the boots here soon. I wonder what the point of this is. I think we're going to see edge. I can't confirm it. The match is official. I think Darby and sting are the, the winners here. There's the, with the, the ch- late change to Christian cage. It doesn't make sense for Christian and Swerve to to tag team, and it doesn't make sense for them to win. I got Darby and Sting winning this one. Next, we got a six-man tag team match. The Golden Elite of Kota Ibushi, Omega, and Adam Hangman Page versus Kanosuke Takeshka and Juice Robinson and Jay White. I love this match. I love this match. I think this is going to be a great match. Uh... There's a lot of story behind it. Not only um, 
I would say the New Japan factor, two former uh, Bullet Club factions, Omega's Bullet Club and Jay White's Bullet Club, you would you could say. Uh, there's contention with Omega and Takeshka. I like the match. I'm going to have the Golden Elite win just because I don't, I don't think Takeshka and Bullet Club Gold need a, need the win to, to build themselves. I do think the Golden Elite need a win uh, to continue their momentum after their Blood and Guts match. Uh, I think it was Blood and Guts, yeah. Um, when they beat the combat, uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Speaking of the back Blackpool Combat Club, like these middle card matches, some of them I get the purpose, but like I'm just not super interested. I love Kenny Omega. I love Abushi. I love Paige. I love Jay White. I love Juice. Takeshka's pretty interesting. It's just not a match that I would want on the card of the biggest pay-per-view event that AEW has as shown. I want Omega fighting Will Ospreay again. I want Hangman fighting a, a singles match. You know, I want I want Abushi fighting someone in New Japan to continue a story there to lead to like uh, Wrestle Kingdom next January. Bullet Club Gold should be fighting for championships and not in a, a worthless kind of throwaway trios match. Takeshka should be fighting for the TNT title or, you know, another another championship somewhere else. Maybe the ROH Pure title. Like, again, the pay-per-views are the best way for you to get the ROH talent in there. I think Takeshka fighting for the ROH Pure championship would actually be pretty decent. Um, I don't know. The next match, I get the purpose. Stadium Stampede match. What's the purpose behind it? They're releasing the Stadium Stampede mode in their video game. Perfect way to put a match in to build and advertise for a product that you're selling. We get Eddie Kingston and Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and Penta El Cero Miedo coming off again or fighting John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, and the returning Mike Santana and Ortiz. This is going to be one hell of a match. There's a lot of intermingling of storylines here. Uh, Kingston, friends with Moxley and Santana and Ortiz, but hates Castagnoli going against Yuta. The the uh, throwaway of um, Ray Phoenix getting hit in the head with that crowbar because of, you know, outside of the wrestling world issues with visas and things with Phoenix making him unable to come to England. Um, they put this in story mode where Kingston has essentially told Renee that he's going to finish this with Moxley and he's going to fix the issue that Moxley did in London, meaning Kingston and Moxley going at it. That's going to be interesting. I think uh, Kingston and Cassidy, the best friends, Penta, they're going to win this stadium stampede. It's going to be fun. It's in Wembley Stadium, so they have a lot of places in the entire arena where they can go and, and do their spots. It's going to be fun. I'm going to predict about a pint or two of blood will be lost by John Moxley alone. Uh, there's going to be a lot of blood in this match, I feel. I like the stadium stampede matches that they've done in the past. This will be, this will be another good one. Uh, I'm excited to see it, and... Um, 
yeah, we'll, we'll get the BCC and Santana Ortiz a loss. Um, I hope to see Santana and Ortiz in the tag team title picture here soon. If, if FTR wins, push Santana and Ortiz to be like the next biggest heel tag team. That would be fun. I think they deserved it before their hiatus. Um, and so they definitely deserve it now. They're one of the best tag teams in the world. Um, I, I follow them since they were LAX and Impact Wrestling. And I think I, I think their first trip around the sun here with AEW, they kind of they kind of missed the mark with booking them properly. I, I hope they do a good job, a good job this time around. Next match we got Will Ospreay. I'm glad he's on the card, but he's fighting Chris Jericho and I would have rather had Osprey versus Omega 3. I think that's the best match of the year so far at Forbidden Door. Osprey and Jericho, though, I think it's going to be a good match. Uh, like Jericho said, this match was supposed to happen in the Tokyo Dome before COVID hit the world and shocked everything. Um, and so, with that being said, it's going to be a good match. It, I don't think it's going to be... Will Ospreay's greatest performance, just because Jericho's limited in what he can do compared to Kenny. Um, and I think the and most interesting thing is Jericho's going to sing himself to the ring. Fozzie's going to be there live to perform the intro for uh, Jericho. Next, we have CM Punk, because they have to put him on this card. There's no way you have this show without CM Punk on the card. You, you have him against Samoa Joe, which is good, because their first match on collision was too short because punk and Joe need 30 to 40 minutes to tell the story and put on a good ass match. This is for the quote unquote real world champion. I think punk wins. And I hope this sets up MJF versus punk at some point, not next week at all out, but uh, maybe at the next pay-per-view in November because I don't know. Maybe I gave away my thoughts on the MJF match with that, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see here. I think Punk wins, retains his so-called real-world championship, and uh, we'll see what what it, what it comes down to at that point. House of Black. This match was announced yet last night. House of Black is going to fight the badass Billy Gunn and the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster and a six-man tag team match for the AEW World Trios Championship. This is a big match that I'm happy got announced. Um, one, because Billy Gunn deserves to go out in a bigger match than just losing on a random you know, TV programming. He deserves to go out in a big show. Um, well, it's the big show. No, I'm just kidding. He deserves to go out on a big and a big event. This is the biggest event in AEW history. So if this is Billy Gunn's final hoorah in AEW, then let it be, but let him have the time that he deserves. This is going to be a good match for the World Trios Championship. And it, it wouldn't shock me if House of Black took the took the loss here, give the acclaim and Billy Gunn the World Trios Championships, get him a short uh, run, get them their momentum back, and... Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens on, on Sunday. I like this match. I'm going to go with uh, Billy Gunn and the acclaimed winning in, the, in an upset there, though. Man, this card is stacked. 
And we end with the most anticipated match of the night, MJF versus Adam Cole. Singles match for the AEW Championship. My gut is telling me MJF is going to win. He's going to pull some sort of stunt to get the win. But my heart is telling me Adam Cole is going to win by disqualification. And this is why Roddy Strong is going to interfere. And he's going to attack Adam Cole. MJF loses but retains the belt. This is the turn. MJF and and Roddy Strong are secretly in cahoots with each other. The plan was to have this happen all along. That Roddy would kind of back away from Max, act like he's hurt, let Adam get close to Max, question the friendship, act like he really cares about Adam Cole, and then stab his former friend in the back. I think that was the plan all along. That can be the story they tell. It's the biggest swerve you can throw because I think everybody thinks MJF will just cheat his way to win again. But let's throw Roddy Strong in the picture. He's kind of had weird energy in all of the clips that I've seen with him and the the Kingdom, Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. Um, and so let's just put Roddy Strong in here as the one who's turning on Adam Cole. We get MJF to lose, but by DQ, so he holds the belt. Leading into All Out, where I think Adam Cole gets his rematch against MJF at All Out, Adam Cole will win in Chicago next week at All Out. Then, Roddy Strong enters the picture. And he can be the next number one contender for the AEW championship, fighting his former best friend, Adam Cole. I think that's a good story that you can push for several months to lead you to November. MJF then can fight CM Punk for the quote-unquote real world champion let punk beat mjf because my fear is you can't put mjf in a situation where he gets closer to this this contract negotiation i don't know if he has a deal in place or not but at least in kayfabe he hasn't and so we got to admit uh, assume that he hasn't you don't. You can't put yourself in the place where MJF is your champion coming into 2024 because if he hasn't signed a deal with AEW, you can't have. You can't let your champion leave with the belt, or else you'll have CM Punk WWE all over again. You let MJF lose and all out. 
You let him lose to CM Punk. You let him take some time off. You let him get his contract situation under under wraps unless it already has been and they're just hiding it really well. But I don't think you give us the Adam Cole MJF title change at all in. You the the turn is going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And what's a better way to have it happen than have Roddy Strong turn on Adam Cole? You can start a feud there, let Cole get his rematch next week. You don't have enough time to build another feud for the for the title. So let's do Adam Cole versus MJF again. This time they're not coming in in as friends, they're coming in as enemies, ready to do whatever it takes to get the title, and Cole wins. Now Cole and Roddy's feud that they could be starting is for the championship, and it has a purpose. You immediately make Adam Cole a really dominant champion. You immediately put Roddy Strong back into relevancy. And there we go. So let me take this down and get get bigger for y'all again. One of my takeaways from the from this from a perspective before the show. Number one, this is a really big card that they said is going to fit with I guess a five hour time frame, uh, one hour for the zero hour buy in and four hours for the main card. I have a feeling it's going to go more like six hours. To be honest with you. Five-hour main card, one-hour pre-show. There's just there's nine cards, nine matches on the main card, which means you gotta you gotta imagine the elite get uh, FTR and the Bucks get forty-five minutes to an hour. Kenny Omega, Hangman, go Bullet Club, Gold. They're gonna get thirty-five minutes, forty-five minutes. The main event's going to go at least an hour. The stadium stampede match is going to go 30, 45 minutes. We're already catching four hours there. So if you're going to hit a four-hour time frame, the um, women's match is going short. Um, The acclaimed match is going short. Darby's The coffin match is going really short. If it's four hours, I'm thinking it's more of a five-hour pay-per-view. There's no way they fit nine matches in a four-hour card. I think it's going five hours plus the one-hour pre-show. We're going to we're going to be there till about six o'clock our time. I have that feeling. Maybe AEW will surprise me. My biggest takeaway from this is my just greatest disappointment. That the women's division gets one damn match. They're going to get, what, 20 minutes on the whole goddamn card? This is the biggest match of the year. This is the biggest match. This is the biggest event in your company's history. And you put one women's match on the show? I didn't mention some of the people. Nyla Rose. Marina Shafir. Women that have busted in their ass and they don't get a place on the card. 
you could have at least put some sort of women's battle royal or something in there so that you can build another, you know, build a bench for people past Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm and Soraya to be in your championship scene. But I already made my peace with that, right? I've already I was already on my high horse with that. Hopped off my uh, soapbox. I think overall it's going to be a really good show. Here's another thing I'm pissed off at. The fact that they're going to put two pay-per-views back-to-back and charge $50 for each one? Tony Khan, we're not made of fucking money around here. I don't know if you know, but inflation's at an all-time high and the cost of living's high and... You know, your your core fan base, you know, is trying to save a little bit of money, I feel like. But I don't know, y'all. What do y'all think about the show? Let me know in the comments. But as of now, this has been another episode of the Junkyard. Tune in tonight, 9 p.m. for the Colin Audible's podcast. We'll see y'all then. Thanks, y'all.